Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that gets at the real stories behind the property headlines. I'm convinced the guy who makes the right call on retail for the next five years is going to sit at the throne of real estate. And it's not only about the real estate itself, it's increasingly about the service around the real estate. Today, we're spreading our wings and heading for the hot spots of Europe. Europe really is the safe bet for global investors. There are definitely certain hotspots, very dynamic cities, lots of innovation happening. We are, of course, talking about the investment hotspots, and our job over the next 15 minutes or so is to work out where they are. I'm Guy Ruddle, and here to help us do that are three of Savills and Europe's finest. Marcus Lemley is Head of European Investments and CEO of Savills Germany. In a long but not too long and illustrious career, he's worked all over Europe and is now based in Frankfurt. Hello, Marcus. Good morning. Borja Sierra is Executive Vice President of Savills Aguirre Newman, the leading real estate consultancy in Spain. He's been at Savills for more than 20 years. And not only has he worked all over Europe, he's conquered the US as well. Have you, Borja? I have indeed. Hello, Guy. Nice to see you. And if you've been listening to the Real Estate Insights podcast avidly from the beginning, you'll know Eri Mitzdosteju. She is Savills European Research Director and is based in Athens. Eri, nice to see you again. Hi, Guy. So, I want to just start, if I can, with the idea of whether you can talk about Europe as as a thing. It's mainly got one currency and it's got four freedoms, but there are lots of differences as well. So, Marcus, is it possible to say that there are sort of continent-wide themes in terms of investment in property? Well, there certainly is. Um, We're seeing a lot of overseas interest into European property for the growth perspective and the stability across Europe. And when you say a lot, I mean, it's sort of, we're talking about sort of record amounts or you know, how does it, has, has it been over the last few years? It's been increasing steadily and uh, we're now at about half of the volumes coming from international capital. And if you had to pick one theme, one you know, thing that, you're, that you think is important for people to understand, what do you think it would be? Well, I think it will be the continued interest in real estate investment with uh, low yields, and low interest rates, and at the same time, the perspective of rental growth. Eri, when you look around, I mean, you know, you spend your whole time doing this. So, so what do you think are the sort of key issues that, that people need to worry about or think about, or and maybe not worry, maybe, you know, be positive about? Look, it's, uh, it's been a, a long period where the market has been uh, growing, where there has been a lot of capital in Europe. There are concerns that we are reaching the peak of the cycle. So people are thinking a bit more uh, carefully where to to place their money. So as Marcus said, people are thinking about where are the markets that will deliver uh, rental growth, for example. Mm. Uh, What do you think they are, Borja? Well, I like the South. The South took longer to recover, so there's still value there. But you're Spanish, so of course you like of the course South. Of course I do, of okay. course I do. But hey, um, it's, 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 it's purely professional, the interest. <laughs> now, um, interestingly, it's not just where, it's in what. Logistics is the flavor of the month. The last couple of years, actually three years, we've seen money flooding to logistics like there is no tomorrow. And I think there is still a lot of value there, so... Something to watch for. Marcus, that's something that, we, that we've talked about before in terms of the UK. You know, th- this sort of massive growth in investment in logistics, is it something that you see all over the continent? We see it all over the continent indeed. So we've had in Europe over 16% of the total volume invested into logistics. 
And what this reflects is really a structural change. Um, we talk a lot about cycles. We talk a lot about the end, uh, possibly, of uh, the current cycle. But this really reflects a structural change with demographics and technology and e-commerce favoring logistics. Yeah. Ari, you're nodding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding in relation to, to the logistics, but I think the interesting point that Marcus raises is about the structural changes. And this uh, can be used as a bit of a defense against the cycle. So investors are looking at the, at the structural changes that would lead them to the right choices. So one choice is the logistics because e-commerce is rising, demand for distribution centers is strong. And another one that I think it's worth adding here is uh, the growing cities and the growing demand for housing. So there is a very big interest in residential, a sector that was not part, that didn't used to be part of our business. It was considered different to commercial and then now becomes more and more commercialized with uh, professional investors putting a lot of money into into it. And it also feeds uh, the hunger of the investors for income, uh, which yes. is, uh, is is very scarce in, in this zero interest rate environment. Uh, residential offers income. Yeah, It's difficult to get return for your money. And today, uh, some trends are attracting a lot of it. Um, three years ago, Oxford Street, 10-year lease to one of the big retailers will trade at a 4%. We've just seen Amazon selling in Bristol, Paris, and Barcelona four logistic platforms for a 4 cap, for a 4%. I mean, unheard of. How long for? I don't know. But investors are flooding to this. Doesn't everyone have to sort of think slightly differently and be more flexible and, uh, you know, sort of maybe change the way space oh. is thought of? Well, do you want to be creative? Talk about retail, uh, shopping centers, the demise of the mall, as they call in the US. I'm convinced the guy who makes the right call on retail for the next five years is going to sit at the throne of real estate. Problem being, what's the right call? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, well, we don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, and, and it's not only about the real estate itself; it's um, increasingly about the service around the real estate. And we're seeing um, new opportunities coming from uh, co-working, co-living, professionally managed student housing, care homes. Uh, so all types of real estate catering to those structural changes. Uh, that need uh, additional service. So this is a sort of similar type of conversation to, to ones we've had on Real Estate Insights before in relation to other markets. So, Eri, is there a – can you get a sense of whether Europe – is it ahead of the game compared to, say, Asia or America or the UK? Or is it sort of catching up? Is it learning lessons? What's going on? Well, the time the time lags are are you know getting smaller in terms of the cycles between continents and and regions. The, there are differentiating factors, of course. For the retail, for example, story that uh, Borja mentioned is definitely uh, U.S. is ahead, is experiencing uh, you know like the impacts of e-commerce more heavily than than Europe. I think Europe is lucky to have the UK nearby because the UK is always a little bit ahead of the cycle. So Europe can learn lessons from that and maybe predict a little bit the, the, the future, what's coming. Uh, Asia is a different story. To, uh, the growth there is faster, is more dynamic. The demographics are different, but certain trends are happening across. Yeah, Europe really is the safe bet for global investors. Um, that's where probably Europe sits in a global portfolio. That's why we're seeing the Asian money um, coming to Europe. That's why we're seeing Middle Eastern uh, money coming to Europe. It's a consolidated uh, market um, and the safe bet for global investors. 
So that sort of covers pretty much the sorts of things you might want to invest in. What we haven't really got at yet is is where. Now, I, I don't want you guys heading into your silos of, you know, Spain <laughs> and Germany. Well, obviously not Greece, because you have a wide... Maybe, Eri, your job here is to is to take a wider view while these guys... Just, we are uh, all European. Yeah, OK, good. All right, well, we'll find out right now how European you are. It, we, we calling, we're talking about European hotspots. Are there particular places, do you think, for particular asset classes and the like? Maybe start with you, Eri, which you think are, are, are strong and, and, and worth looking at more than others. We are increasingly talking about specific opportunities and we don't talk anymore much about countries. And I would say probably the discussion goes even more about cities, as it were, so about dynamic and uh, and growing cities. So you're, as you can see, I'm trying to avoid the, the question, but <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. You avoid but, away uh, if you want to. No, it's it's there. there are definitely certain uh, certain hotspots. There are cities like Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin, very dynamic cities. Lots of innovation happening, attracting you know talent. So they are there are cities that have a lot of development and, and opportunities across uh, across sectors. Also, you know, like smaller secondary or regional cities uh, may become very, very interesting and attractive for for investors because they are interesting and attractive for people and younger population yeah. like uh, Barcelona, for example, or... Uh, At last, Borja. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish, you. Spanish you. city is mentioned. But it- <laughs> now, multifamily, uh, what the Americans call multifamily, which is basically creating large pools of residential yeah. lettings, which is something you Anglo-Saxons or you Germanics are very used to, South of Europe, culturally, you own a house, you don't rent. Now, as millennials kick in and salaries probably don't allow you to get into owning a house in the first instance, leasing is becoming a major trend. And there's a, a lot of US money that has spotted this trend. We need the developers to create residential, not to sell it, but to lease it. And that'll be, that, that'll be a great uh, way to place your money and get good returns. Particularly in Spain, you're well, talking about? Or- all of the Mediterranean rim. Yeah. Culturally, we're Catholics, so we want to own our house. We don't want to rent. Germans will rent over their entire years. So that's, that's something to look. Uh, logistics, as I mentioned, I think all the sort of Austrian, Italian arts region is such a massive hub for transport. Within an hour and a half, you can catch a massive population of customers. And everyone talks about the last mile, but you're going to get the first 5,000 miles right to get to the last mile at the right price. Marcus, what do you reckon? Is a- yeah, in, indeed, logistics um, will benefit um, from, from these um, locations, but also countries with a growing share of e-commerce. We will see um, logistics uh, gaining in attractivity for investors. But I'm all about rental growth, actually. I'm all about the prospects of rental growth in uh, in secondary locations, especially in the dynamic uh, sectors and the dynamic neighborhoods. Um, we have uh, probably eight to ten cities where we expect rental growth in the order of 5% in 2019 alone. And uh, and that's where I'd place my bets in Frankfurt, in Barcelona, in Dublin, um, Milan. There's there's a couple of uh, great places. Rental growth, uh, residential property or commercial offices, com- office commercial offices. Property. Yeah. I'm going to set you a, a, a challenge now. So you may or may not know that the day that we're recording this, there is a Euro Millions lottery jackpot of 130 million pounds. Forgot to buy my ticket. 
Yeah, oh, <laughs> you've still got time. Good. So let's say uh, you win it and you're going to spend 30 million on your family and that leaves you 100 million to invest in something. Specifically, what is it going to be, Borja? Okay, so I think logistics is becoming more the retail play. So I would buy existing logistics. I will use 30 million to buy existing logistic buildings, 10 million to kick the existing tenants out, 10 million to refurbish it. That's 50. (laughs) And I will probably, once lease, I will sell it for 80. The rest of the money, I will put it against the bet that BL and a few other British rates are going to go back up in value. Okay, but... In which city are you going to – you're going to buy in one city of your logistics stuff. Okay. Which city? Well, I'll do Madrid. I know Madrid very okay. well. Okay, Madrid. Uh, Marcus, what about you? I'd go for student housing in uh, German university cities. Eri, there's a lot left, you know, that, that, for oh, you to spend sorry. your 100. So where, is it, where are you going to spend yours? I would go and find maybe um, an older uh, office building and convert it into a mixed-use community, maybe with co-living, co-working, uh, retail on the ground floor and, uh, and leisure. Cities, and cities with young population, student population, could be anywhere, could be Barcelona, could be somewhere in Germany. Now, Savile's standout statistic, a single statistic that you think that other people may not know that stands out and makes people go, wow, who wants to go first? Marcus. If you look at the last 20 years, we are still in a period of the market where you see record high positive yield gaps over interest rates. So making real estate a really attractive asset class. Eri, what about you? On record, there has never been such a low vacancy rate for offices. It's it's below 6% across Europe and some cities it's below 3%. There is no good quality office space left in the in the big cities of Europe. That is amazing. Borja, you're under a bit of pressure now. Come on, come up with a decent one. Oh, okay. So over the last 25 years, I've seen three real estate cycles up and down. Six months before the market turned, everyone was talking exactly the same way we are talking right now. Not sure I should have asked <laughs> now. <laughs> you're determined to be Doom. pessimistic, aren't you? Good. No. Doomsday. History doesn't repeat itself, so uh, whatever way we talk, um, the situation will be different. What do you reckon, Ari? Nobody knows, but there are some uh, more positive signs in this uh, cycle. Maybe that it will last a bit longer than six months. I don't know. Probably. Like, you know, that the record low vacancy like change. rate. Change is good for real estate. That yeah. gives opportunity. Really, yeah. we pretend uh, that we uh, make up the real estate cycle ourselves, but in the end, we only follow the economy. So uh, what... Uh, we, we won't be able to predict anything. It'll be the economy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Guys, it's been really fascinating. Thank you very, very much. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been uh, been tremendous to have you in the studio talking about this. Uh, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If you want to find out more, you'll find all sorts of reports, including country-specific reports and things like that, on the Savills website in the research section. Just go to savills.co.uk slash research. And if even that isn't enough, To slake your thirst for property knowledge, then please subscribe to us using your usual podcast provider. You'll find plenty of riches already there, including why tech companies have had enough of San Francisco and how retirement living is morphing from care to community. In the meantime, thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. 
Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.